You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone podcast right here on the AHL Report part of Rocket Sports Media, and, of course, a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. So glad that you are here with us today. Uh, It is a crisp, bright November Tuesday. It's hard to believe that's uh, we're at the midway point, folks. It's November 15th. How did that happen? Uh, It seems like it has just, we, we blink and I swear training camps were just starting a minute ago, weren't they? Uh, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be, a, a, I don't, well, I, I don't want to use the word a fun show today because we have some serious conversations to have today uh, as we, in the first segment, uh, review the play of the Laval Rocket, not just this past weekend, but really uh, kind of an expansion of last week's conversation where we're talking about how they've looked in the, uh, this early stage of the of the season overall uh and uh, there's some i think there's some some really stark conversations to be had folks uh because things just are not looking good um and then after we uh bring you a word from our sponsors over at DraftKings, uh in the second segment we're going to have the ahl hot stove and um Patrick Williams, of course, will be joining us for that, and we've got uh, we've got some some fun things to talk about there for sure. Uh, there was a goalie goal in the AHL this weekend. Did you know a goalie goal? We love goalie goals, uh, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, Alex Galchenyuk's name is going to appear in the AHL hot stove this week. How's that going to happen? Uh, and Patrick's also going to give us give us his insight from uh, the Laval. Uh, road trip this weekend as well. Lots of fun, uh, lots of information, and lots of insight ahead on this week's episode of the Press Zone Podcast. Uh, If you are new to the show, welcome. My name is Amy Johnson. I am your host of the show each and every Tuesday. I'm also the lead correspondent here at uh, AHLReport.com, where we uh, have been providing you credentialed coverage of the Habs AHL affiliate uh, since, oh goodness, 2011, 2012, back when they were the Hamilton Bulldogs. It's been a 
many, many, many years that we've been uh, focusing on Habs prospects and and the Canadians' AHL affiliate, no matter where they've been located. Uh, And if you're new here, we're so glad that you're with us. Uh, Be sure to hit the subscribe button. And uh, the best thing, if you're looking for a way to help us here at the Press Zone, the easiest way for you to do that uh, and would make the biggest impact to us here at Rocket Sports Media is just by sharing our content on your favorite social media platform. So hit that share button and uh, share this episode with your friends over at Twitter or Facebook, Instagram, whatever, whatever your pick your poison, whatever, whatever your social media platform of choice is, And we would appreciate that. All right. So let's take a look now at uh, what we had this weekend. When we talked last week, the Laval Rocket were, had finished a six game homestand uh, and things were looking kind of bleak after that six-game homestand, because just prior to that six-game homestand over the course of two weeks, they had gone out for a quick two-game road trip in which they lost both of those games. Uh, So there was those two losses. Then they came home for six games and managed to only win one game of that six-game homestand, which, as I say, I mean, that's one win in eight games. Or if you'd like it the other way, seven losses in eight games. It was looking a little bit bleak. Um, you know, only come on the season, only had two wins. Uh, they had managed to pick up two points in overtime during that uh, six-game homestand, so they were at least latching on to a, a stray point here and there, but it's not really making much of a difference when you've only got two wins on the season. Uh, and so we, we spoke about how Uh, both uh, in the first segment last week and even when Patrick joined us for the AHL hot stove last week, we talked about how uh, this weekend's three-game road trip, a three-and-three, the only three-and-three that Laval has this year on the schedule, and it's the first time they've had a three-and-three since prior to COVID. Um, So they haven't had to do a three-and-three in an awfully long time, and there are teams that have uh, like six of these kinds of weekends. Uh, on the schedule in a year. So Laval really can't complain because they get off pretty easy in terms of the the traditional AHL three and three. If you're not familiar with the term, a three and three means you're playing three games in three consecutive days. It's not, you know, you go out on the road and you have a Wednesday game and then a Friday, Saturday. That's not a three and three. A three and three is three games on three days. So typically a Friday night, a Saturday night, and a Sunday uh, matinee. Uh, in this case, it was a five o'clock game on Sunday. Um, and so they were in three different cities. There was a lot of travel. It's an exhausting schedule, uh, but a lot of AHL teams have to suffer through this more than once a year. Uh, and so we talked about how, you know, they were, they were going to be seeing opponents that they hadn't seen yet this season, as well as the Lehigh Valley Phantoms who had been struggling just as much as the Laval Rocket until the week prior when the Phantoms visited Place Bell and beat um, Laval on home ice in overtime, thanks to Cam York. So it was an important weekend. Um, and Utica, let's start with let's start with Friday. Friday they went to visit Utica. Utica is always one of those games for Laval. It's one of those opponents. Um, they either get very physical (laughs) they either get beat by a mile or sometimes they're up to the task and Utica has not been as strong against Laval in recent years and um 
this should have been an easy win for the Rocket. I will preface this by saying they did get a win, and it was on this night. Uh, it took them until overtime, and they won it five to four in overtime. So it was a it was a bit of a hard fought bat- battle, but they were playing against um, a goaltender who had not played in the AHL yet this season, and had only played about four games in the ECHL and hadn't won any of them yet. So, I mean, the kid that they were playing against, um, this should his name was uh, Isaac Poulter, and this should have you on paper you would think that would be a pretty simple task. Um, You had Joel Teasdale out, uh, Mitchell Stevens out as healthy scratches. um, And and so you had a pretty, pretty standard lineup for for um, JF. The interesting choice, though, that he made. Now, typically in a three and three, you would see whoever is kind of your um, heavier load goaltender or your air quotes starting goaltender would typically play Friday night rest on Saturday as the backup and play again on Sunday because in a three and three you would want your stronger goaltender or your starting goaltender to get two of the three starts and so I think more than one person was surprised to find Kevin Poulin as the starting goaltender on Friday night Um, and the question of course was immediately raised does this mean that JF Lul is going to play Poulin twice this weekend and not Caden Primo uh, we'll, we'll tell you the answer to that in a minute. Uh, so I think it was also a bit surprising uh, for, for people that uh, this game ended up being as hard fought as it was. Um, Laval went up early. They had a 2 nothing lead that disappeared. The first period saw a total of five goals. Laval had a 2 nothing lead. And in the course of I don't, less than three minutes... Um, Utica had come back with three goals to take the lead, three to two into the first intermission. Um, Danik Martell finally, uh, scoring his first goal of the season, took him till mid-November to score his first goal of his, of the season. It was a shorthanded goal, uh, tied things up and it kind of just went back and forth, uh, like that, um, a bit uh, too many penalties. Once again, we've we've said that that's a, been an issue quite a lot. But uh, things went to overtime, and Justin uh, Justin Barron was the one who fed Anthony Richard on a breakaway, and Anthony Richard has found the back of the net quite a bit. He's up to I think nine goals on the season now after this weekend, and Richard has been a surprising area of offensive production for the Laval Rocket. And uh, you could tell by the celebration uh, after the game, after that goal went in, that it was definitely a much-needed win for Laval. Uh, they they seemed to be quite relieved to finally get a win. They left Utica and traveled uh, about four hours south to Allentown, Pennsylvania, where they would take on the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. And uh, this was a night that Caden Primo got the start. Uh, so again, it was okay. Poulin played Friday, Primo on Saturday. Are they really going to play Primo again at 5 o'clock on Sunday? Or did JFL make the decision uh, that in a 3-3 three and three, he was going to do the heavier heavier workload on Kevin Poulin and not rely on his young goaltending prospect? Uh, so Primo was in net. Interestingly enough, Jan Meshack was a healthy scratch on this night. Uh, and Joel Teasdale was brought into the lineup. And... This did not, uh, 
this didn't go quite as as well let's say as uh, as the previous night ppl center was loud on saturday uh it was uh, boy scout and girl scout night uh and so very very full almost sellout crowd uh and four minutes into the game Ronnie Adderd, uh scoring the first goal of the game for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and uh, they kind of didn't, the, the Phantoms didn't look back from there. It was not a good start to the game. Uh, Rem Pitlick took two penalties in the first period alone. If that gives you any indication of how uh, troublesome the penalty box was once again for the Phantom, uh, excuse me, for the, for the Laval Rocket. And you know, the theme has really been, we've talked a lot about how penalties have really come back to bite the Rockets so, so, so many times this season. But missed opportunities are also right there. Um, they're getting chances. They're just not finishing at all. And I don't know at this point if it's now a confidence thing that they're trying too hard to make something happen because they're so desperate because they're losing so badly. Uh, but it just... It just didn't. It it just didn't happen. Um, second period was equally as bad. Even though uh, penalty wise, even though the Rocket outshot the Phantoms fourteen to nine in that second period, they could not capitalize at all on any of their opportunities. Um, and Lehigh Valley uh, kind of picked up the momentum at the end of that period, carried that into the third period, and once again, one week apart, Cam York firing home the game winner. Uh, to beat Laval, and it uh, nothing that they could do at all uh, to to equalize it. Um, they pulled. They even pulled Caden Primo uh, for a, a a six on four advantage as as Lehigh Valley took a late period, late third period penalty. So they pulled Primo with a six on four advantage, and they still couldn't find a way to get a, a tying goal in to force overtime again. So back in the losing column, uh, pretty deflating. And that took them then to Sunday afternoon, just down the road to Hershey, Pennsylvania, dubbed, of course, the sweetest place on earth. Uh, not so sweet for the Laval Rocket. Uh, they were, uh, the question was finally answered. Kevin Poulin did start in this game. So yes, J.F. Ull opted to go with Kevin Poulin as his starting goaltender uh, more often this past weekend than Caden Primo. I think that's a big indicator of uh, the confidence in young Caden Primo. And I've talked about that in the last couple of episodes about how Caden Primo looks like a shadow of himself. And I think a lot of that has to do with uh, not having a strong uh, veteran, older, experienced defense core in front of him anymore. Um, and I think it's exposing Caden Primo uh, and kind of uh, the wool had been pulled over some eyes a little bit uh, prior to this season. Uh, so Kevin Polan got the start. It was none other than Zach Fucali in net uh, at the other end of the ice for the Hershey Bears. And Zach Fucali came out with the win against his former team uh, and former organization. And Hershey did this uh, emphatically. Um Hershey, I should mention, you know, I don't want to hear any excuses of, well, it was the it was the third game of the three and three. And so Laval was probably really tired. Well, guess what? It was Hershey's th third game of a three and three as well. Uh, 
And so Hershey won all three games. They won Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night. Uh, and they did this in style, four to one, beating the Laval Rocket. Um, JF Wool had really kind of shaken up the roster a bit. Uh, Danik Martell, Madison Bowie, both healthy scratches on this night. Joel Teasdale, Peter Abandonado back in the press box as well. That brought Jan Meshack back into the lineup. Mitchell Stevens back into the lineup. Uh, Nate Schnarr back from injury finally. So he was inserted into the lineup as well. Uh, we saw Rem Pitlick bumped up to the first line with Brendan Zignac and Jesse Ulanen and Raphael Harvey Pinard moved down to the second line right wing. Um, and so, you know, obviously Jean-Francois Ull trying every combination he can to see if he can get something to spark. Uh, and things started pretty early uh, when Hershey took an early penalty, uh, but they killed it off. Laval, I sh- Laval's penalty kill has been abysmal, um, but their power play has been eh, decent not on this weekend, and not on Sunday's game. They went 0 for 6 on the power play. Uh, And the Bears got a bit of a boost out of killing off that early penalty. Hendricks LaPierre um, gets out and gets an early goal. And uh, boy, they really did not. They they put Laval quickly in the uh, rearview mirror, uh, even though Hershey was Hershey was the one taking more penalties uh, in this game, but Laval just couldn't capitalize on those man advantage opportunities once again. Uh, and it was looking like Zach Fucali was going to earn himself a shutout against his former franchise, but Anthony Richard uh, once again getting Laval on the board uh, about four minutes into the third period, so broke the shutout bid. Uh, but that was all that it, uh, that was all they could muster. There wasn't anything else there. Um, empty netter after JF Wool pulled uh, Poulin late in the game. It's, as I mentioned, as I wrote at the end of, of my game recap for this on Sunday night, I said it's too early in the season to necessarily call the outlook, quote unquote, bleak for the Laval Rocket. But they've had two wins in their past 11 games. Um, that's not the direction that the team probably wants to be trending in. Um, they are now, if you look at, you know, they're, they're fortunate that right now, uh, standings now get, uh, deduced by points, not by winning percentage, not by point percentage, because thanks to points, they are sitting 29th in the league, I believe, which you th- does sound bad, right? But when you look at their winning percentage, because they've played more games than most teams in the league, they're in 31st out of 32 teams, according to winning percentage. And that is a dire outlook. Um, missed opportunities, penalties, not playing a full 60 minutes, um, prospects are individually doing well. Justin Barron had a tremendous game on Saturday night. He looked very good. Jesse Ullinen has, I've said before, has been by and far the best uh, forward prospect in Laval from the beginning of the season. Um, Jan Meshack has had his moments. He's had games where he struggled and games where he has come out uh, looking pretty good. Raphael Harvey-Pinard... Um, 
still looking for him to kind of hit his stride this season. Um, but uh, Matthias Norlander, Madison Bowie, uh, you know, the guys are individually kind of putting things together for themselves, but there just is not any cohesiveness to this team. Uh, it seems like, uh, you know, there are guys who are there not, I don't know, not not getting organized. The, there's not a, a clear message. Um, I'm not really quite sure what the identity of this team this year is supposed to be based off of what we've seen uh, on, on the ice. Um, and goaltending has been shaky at best. Um, Turnover is not good. The discipline has got to get fixed up. There are just so many things that are going wrong in Laval. And so the big question now is, how do you fix it? Um, and this weekend was the first time that I started seeing people on social media asking myself directly or asking asking you know the AHL report and so forth uh, JF Wool has to go or it's time for a new coach uh, this is the first time that we're seeing fans start to look at the at the bench behind the bench as an issue and is that an issue that's a big question mark um, I don't know I don't know that it is um, it could be uh, but I think a lot of it also gets chalked up to, again, I've said this before, the free agency signings that were made by the organization over the summer. The guys that they brought back as their veteran free agent signings are just not top-level AHL free agents. Um, and that's what you need, particularly knowing that you're going to have such a young prospect pool and such a large young prospect pool on the team this year, you needed to have top-tier AHL free agent signings uh, to to support that both uh, offensively and defensively, and all, but also provide the mentorship. And I think that is where the organization fell far short over the summer, and I think it's already showing. Uh, and we're only about five or six weeks into the season, so... It will be, um, it's going to be a bumpy ride, I think. Uh, the, the Laval Rocket now come home for a four-game home stint. They will play Abbotsford, uh, the Vancouver Canucks AHL affiliate, twice in that time frame starting uh, on Wednesday. And they also will play the Cleveland Monsters twice in that time frame. So two teams not in their division and not even in... Um, well, Cleveland is in, is in the conference. Abbotsford is not. Uh, so this is going to be, again, two new teams that they haven't seen. It's going to be a new test. And we now know, we saw from that six-game homestand, there is currently not a home ice advantage for the Laval Rocket when they play at Place Bell. Uh, because if the if the passionate fan base in Laval at Place Bell could not help drive them to more than one win in six games two weeks ago, uh, they can't rely on that energy to be their 13th forward uh, and, and get them through and, and get them the motivation that they need to win games. They have to look within the locker room and on the bench and behind the bench. Um, and I'm, 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 I'm disappointed for the team, uh, for them to only come out with two of six possible points this past weekend. And I am very tentative about uh, my my expectations for the next three games coming up this week before we all gather here again at the Presso next Tuesday. But you can be sure that as we have done each and every game and each and every week, 
our AHL Report team will have you covered. If you don't already follow at the AHL Report on Twitter, please be sure to do so. You will get live in-game updates uh, as to what's going on in games, as well as complete, full, and comprehensive game recaps with statistics and game summaries and video highlights and all of that kind of great information that our readers have come to expect over all these years and we'll keep you posted uh it's gonna be a bumpy ride but maybe there's maybe there's gonna be a good story at the end of it that's what we can hope for right and at at the at the root of it all we just want to see the prospects with some positive trajectory in their development and hopefully we'll be able to say that has happened uh we are going to take a quick break right now on the other side it's time for the ahl hot stove and we'll welcome patrick williams into the studio so don't go anywhere we'll be right back you are listening to the press zone podcast right here on rocket sports radio nfl sundays are only getting better and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, and point totals. The more that you add to your same game parlay, uh, the better, the, the, the higher the odds are and the bigger your payouts could be, quite honestly. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NFL. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and place a $5 pregame money line bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Press Zone podcast right here on Rocket Sports Media, the AHL Report, and of course, a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, Once again, I'm your host of the show, Amy Johnson. Uh, You can find me on Twitter. If you follow the AHL Report, you've probably seen my tweets already, but you can find me on Twitter at Flyers Rule. Always happy to hear from our Listeners and readers, if they have questions about the Laval Rocket, uh, you're hap- you're welcome to uh, to tag us at the AHL Report, uh, and we'll get an answer to you. And of course, as I mentioned before, uh, be sure to share our content on your favorite social media platform. It's the best way that you can help us spread the word about the Press Zone podcast. It is officially AHL hot stove time. So you know what that means. You know that Patrick Williams is here. And hey, guess what? Rick Stevens is also here in uh, the studio with us for this week, which we are very excited about. So first, let me say, Patrick, welcome back. We're glad to have you here. Thank you. (laughs) And you know, if the angels are ushering you in, that that means that there can be none other than Rick Stevens back with us. Glad to have you back today, sir. It's a Tamo here. Oh, really? You get Tamo Solani? Yeah. Really? <laughs> really? He's an angel, too. He's an angel? Uh, well, I think, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just lives the best life. 
He lives absolutely the best life. If you follow him on Instagram. Well, yeah, he's always having fun. Mm-hmm. He does. Yeah. He uh, lives out there in Orange County and has a restaurant. Like a very nice lifestyle. <laughs> very nice <laughs> lifestyle. That's right. Well, welcome to both of you. It's great to uh, it's great to have um, the gang all back together this week. Uh, lots to cover today. In fact, uh, first and foremost, uh, we're going to cover some breaking Laval news. Uh, some some roster news. Brennan Saulnier, uh, currently actually playing for the Trois-Rivières Lions in the ECHL, uh, was one of the free agency signings uh, over the summer. Uh, last year played uh, split time between the Reading Royals in the ECHL and the Lehigh Valley Phantoms in the AHL. Uh, he, he wasn't getting... Uh, he hasn't played uh, for the AHL at all with Laval this season, and so they sent him to Trois-Rivières. Uh, and I would bet that he wasn't necessarily maybe happy with that because he has been traded to the Belleville Senators for future considerations. Um, this is the third time that we've seen a player moved out of the Canadians' uh, minor league organizations this season. We saw Cam Hillis traded away uh, after he opened his season for the second year in a row in, in the ECHL. Uh, Pierre-Rick Dubé's contract was mutually terminated after he was sent down to Trois-Rivières a few weeks ago, and uh, he immediately signed with a, uh, a league in, I believe, Germany. Um, and now Brennan Saulnier uh, going to Belleville. You would think that maybe maybe not trade with the team that you see the most often? Maybe, <laughs> maybe not send the guy who's probably going to have a chip on his shoulder to the team that you face the most often, but I digress. Um I, you know. the, the interesting <laughs> thing here is that you said that he has not yet played uh, for the Laval Rocket, has not played in the AHL this year, but he wasn't playing in the ECHL either. He's only played uh, two games for Trois-Rivières, um, and it was in his second game uh, 10 days ago on the 4th of November, Trois-Rivières against Adirondack. Um, he got called for boarding and suspended for two games, so mm-hmm. suspended uh, for the the a game the next day against Adirondack and then on the eleventh uh, against Jacksonville. So, um, uh, you know, is is this uh, a case of the team being uh, unhappy with the player or the yeah. suspension or finally getting into the lineup or or what what is going on there? Um, sounds like they they had a mutual parting. Patrick, it's uh, you know it's. Uh, really Belleville of any, I mean, they're probably going to be playing Belleville within the, it's they, they're lucky they don't play Belleville, Belleville at least once a week. So once again, uh, they're shipping somebody out to the senators. Yeah. Well, they have that, uh, back to back, I guess it's in about, you know, uh, two weekends from now in Belleville. That, that'll be interesting. Although I, I guess how much at this point, how much of a connection does Sonny even have? Yeah. To yeah. He never played a game and, you know, you blink and you missed him. It's this very strange situation in general because he signed there in the off season, and then quickly, obviously, did not appear to be in favor and shipped off to the ECHL. And here, here we are, a month into the season, and he's he's already on the move. So, I, I agree that I think it was probably a mutual parting of the ways, but it's almost as if. When you're constructing the roster in the summer, you would have thought like, all right, well, you know, where does he fit in, right? And there wasn't, it wasn't as if there was a real surprise in terms of 
what the roster was expected to be and what it actually was. So I'm, I'm seeing a disconnect there between why, why do you, why do you bring him in this summer and then a month in decide it's not working? Yeah. That's where, that's where it doesn't really make sense to me. No. Um, was so, he selected by his name? <laughs> he does not speak French. We can we can confirm that he does not speak French. <laughs> um, so kind of shuffling over from that to the Laval Rocket in general, uh, listeners know that uh, we went on a pretty deep dive of what went on in the 3-3 three and three road trip uh, in the first segment. Uh, but we have two gentlemen now in the studio that, I'd like to have add some perspectives to what we talked about in the first um, in the first uh, segment. Rick, I'm going to start with you. Just overall, your impressions of of where Laval is at at this early stage of in the season, and and things just not looking very bright and optimistic. Well, I, I think we have to set the results against the expectations and the expectations were, were pretty high because you had Lavelle making a playoff push um, with a lineup that, that had had um, a few prospects, a few young players in it last season. And then with an influx of, of talent and youth and, and uh, those prospects there, the expectations were, were pretty high, I think. Um, but the mix hasn't turned out. Um, the, the team just looks in in disarray. Um, the you know the, the too many penalties, not getting the goaltending. Um, th- there isn't any kind of um, sense of of chemistry on the ice, and and uh, yeah, they they just look a mess right now. So Patrick, you had the uh, you had the good fortune. Or sh- or is it the misfortune? I don't know uh, to see to see Laval uh, play live in Hershey on Sunday. Uh, what were you able to take from from seeing them in person for the first time this season? Well, it's it's a good test to see them on the final game of a three and three. I think you learn a lot about a team that way, good or bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's one thing when a team can come out on a Friday night after having a week of practice and. And look good. It's not a thing when you, you see if they're able to dig down, and, you know, playing their third game in, what, 45 hours or so. Um, and it was not good. Um, it was interesting. I spoke with J.F. Wool, and um, he was saying that um, he was actually pretty happy with the first period um, and really didn't like the second and third periods. So, and, you know, you can't always go by the scoreboard, but you know they were down two nothing in the, you know the first period, mm-hmm. right? So, um, and they they just look like a team that's very disconnected. They, they they my sense is that, and this is a thing that that can happen with the AHL because you get so much turnover one year to the next that sometimes the mix doesn't work, and you don't generally see that in the NHL, right? Like the NHL is more of a it's a slow evolution of a roster, right? You, you might make a change here. You might make a change there. You, you generally don't turn over a half or two thirds of your roster in the NHL in one summer, like you do in the AHL. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's a, that's a challenge. Anytime you're trying to bring in multiple new faces in key roles and, and roll them into the blender and hope it works. It's obviously not working. And I think the, the more concerning part for them is that a lot of it is, the veteran players 
the guys that you really lean on, especially in the first two to three months of the season while some of the younger players find their footing to do a lot of the heavy lifting, they're not doing it right now, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so um, that to me is, that's the, 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 the flashing red light where you, if they don't pick up the slack, who will, right? And, you know, I spoke to, I think, four or five players plus JF uh, after that game. And it's the common thing that, you know, we, we just can't consistently play for 60 minutes. And I know that's a cliche, but, I mean, it's true, right? Like, cliches are cliches for a reason. And a big part of success in hockey is being able to play as close to 60 minutes um, at an optimum level as possible. And, and they're not even close. Um, so, and you're averaging 35 shots against uh, a night. Right off the bat, you're 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 really asking a lot for your goaltenders to 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 handle that kind of uh, that workload, and, and obviously Primo has hasn't been up to his standard that he was last season in the playoffs. So, and Kevin Polan has had his ups and downs. So, um, it just yeah, it, it, it's not a pretty sight right now, and I see them as a team where you might want to shake up that roster a little bit. You know, maybe move out a veteran or two. Bring in, even if you have to bring another veteran. Um, something's clearly not working with that mix. And what you don't want to do is let this go too much longer, right? Like, you're already in November. You're, you got a, a month down. You're, what, 30th in the league. You're, you really run the risk now if you let this go too much longer of, of putting yourself in such a hole that um, you're going to, really be hard-pressed to make the playoffs. And you don't want to miss it. I mean, 74% of the teams make the playoffs in this league. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be that 26% that doesn't. Uh, so, I just wonder if I can ask a question. Maybe both of you here. Um, a new player added to the roster over the weekend was Rem Pitlick, and mm-hmm. um, he wasn't playing in in Montreal and, and was clearly not happy about that. Um, he, he was disappointed to be uh, put on waivers, unclaimed, um, by by any of the any other NHL teams, uh, but JF Wool had promised to put him in every situation and and even uh, did so at the expense of of uh, one of the prospects. So I wondered if if uh, both of you had um, a, a view about about his play and and the way he fits into the lineup. Patrick, I'll let, I'll let you take that first. I thought he looked pretty good. I mean, you know, for a guy that had hadn't been getting a ton of ice time, that's a challenge. Um, to now kind of jump in and play a three and three. Um, I thought he was engaged and, you know, he certainly obviously playing a different role than, than he had when he actually was playing with Montreal. So, you know, now you're being asked to take on top six minutes. So that, that, that's just, you know, that, that is a, a real kind of shift in, um, um, priorities or, or I guess, you know, in, in, in roles, but, um, I think I think he looked good. I mean, that's the first thing you want to see when a player comes down is at least going to be engaged, and kind of try to get right at it and not not sulk, not pout, not do anything like that. And not that guys going there with the intention of doing that, but just I mean that that is, you know, just if you put yourself in in, in those shoes of you know whether you're you're in hockey or in any career to to be demoted is yeah, it's a it's a hit to the ego. So. Um, so I thought he I thought he did well. Um, he's obviously coming in a different difficult situation too with a team that's 
that's really struggling you know, to keep their head above water. So um, that's not the easiest situation as as well. But I thought all things considered, he was okay. He started on the on the second line as as the right winger on the second line, uh, and then didn't take long for him to get moved, uh, bumped up to the top line, actually displacing Rafael Harvey Pinard, who got moved to the second line. Um, I agree that he he's been engaged. He's certainly, I mean, he has a his skill set is is a bit better than uh, plenty of of the other forwards on the roster. Um, I would like him to be a lot less engaged with the penalty box. Um, <laughs> I, I I wouldn't mind that. Uh, he took two penalties in the first period in one of the games this weekend, um, and penalties have already been a big enough issue for for this Laval team. So, um, you know, I don't know if that's just a bit of him adjusting to the the difference in the physicality in in the AHL than it is from the NHL, or if he's just being overly aggressive. Uh, but I think he's just he's got to watch that for a little bit. What I what I and yes, he's you know, he's out there on the power play with Jesse Ullinen, uh first wave um, and and that's all fine. Uh, I wasn't thrilled to see him uh, consistently out in overtime in the games that he's been in that they went to extra minutes. Um, I don't mind him having a shift or, or two in overtime. But when I'm seeing a ton of Rem Pitlick and I'm not seeing a bit of Raphael Harvey Pinard or a Jan Meshack or any, any of those younger prospects um, that concerns me a little bit um, just in terms of, you know, I, I realize that they are really desperate for wins down there right now, but I don't want to see a Rem Pitlick come in and take away opportunities for younger players to learn. So, so yes, I, I mean, he certainly did. He did just fine. Um, and I think it'll just be something to keep an eye on on, on how JF will continues to fit him in uh, as one of the puzzle pieces on the roster moving forward. Well, and you bring up the the penalties and by extension the penalty kill. I mean, thirtieth in the league and sixth overall in, in number of times shorthanded. I mean, yeah, they're in the box. Something has to give there. Yeah, um, you know, you you can have a bad penalty kill, but if you're going to have a bad PK, then you better. Better be very careful to stay out of the box. Um, you know, there are teams that can be a lot more, uh, you know, at liberty to take some chances with that because they have a good PK, but um, clearly this is not a good PK. Um, you know, 71% is, is nowhere near where you need to be. So um, that, I mean, that's one of the first issues you could fix right there. I mean, they're the first area to target at least. Obviously, scoring can be tough. Um, you you can grip your stick too hard, all those cliches, but uh, the PK, a lot of that just comes down to work and um, really committing to a system. So um, that would kind of be the first area I think really you want to get squared away and then chip away at everything else thereafter. We'll see if they can start to make some headway uh, with this uh, next set of home games they've got coming this week. Um, next up on the agenda, do want to, of course, uh, be sure that we mention this week's AHL Player of the Week. Um, and and I've said this before, Rick, I don't know that you've been here um, for us to discuss the AHL Player of the Week in the last couple of weeks. But uh, this segment for the AHL used to be sponsored by CCM. It was the CCM AHL Player of the Week. And for some reason, unknown, CCM is no longer sponsoring the AHL Player of the Week. It's now Howie's Hockey Tape. 
So it's the, it's the Howie's Hockey Tape AHL Player of the Week, <laughs> which is a mouthful. So I'm just going with AHL Player of the T Player of the Week. But I, I think that the league dialed up this particular Player of the Week just for you, Rick, because you. you are a big proponent of the Player of the Week every week should be a goaltender. Every week. <laughs> uh, and uh, they came through for you this week. Thank you. Uh, none other than the San Diego Gulls uh, netminder Lucas Dostal, um, stopping 83 of 86 shots this weekend in a pair of victories over three starts last week. I mean, that's he went 2 1 and 0 with a 1.01 goals against and a 965 save percentage last week. I would say, Patrick, that's a pretty substantial reason why you might be the player of the week. Yeah, and you know what? To draw kind of a parallel with, with Laval, <laughs> San Diego's been kind of in that same situation where, now I think San Diego on paper, there's a lot more talent there, mm -hmm. but that was a team that looked very discombobulated and, and, and had some real, real difficult struggles. Started to turn it around a little bit about two two weekends ago. They, they actually were swept by Milwaukee back-to-back -back at home, but uh, started to, there were, some encouraging signs, especially in that second game. Then they went in and they, they blew out Henderson seven, nothing. They come back, they lost at home to Bakersfield. And then they went in Ontario against a team really at the top of the Western conference. And they took a four, one win. That's where when the team is struggling, that's where a goaltender, I think really can earn their money um, because he pulled out some wins for that team when they were struggling um, and it just buys everybody else a little bit more time to um, find their game. And uh, I think that's where you haven't seen that in Laval. And not to put that on all in the goalies, but that's where somebody's stepping forward, taking the bull by the horns mm -hmm. and um, kind of pulling the team with him. And uh, I mean, Dostal, I mean, he's very, very uh, high prospect. Uh, they're very high on him with Anaheim. Um, they fully expect him to eventually be there. Um, I think this is the year he's had two good, solid seasons. Came in during the, the, the abbreviated pandemic season. Got, got his feet wet. Came in last year. Uh, kind of built upon that. Now the third year, I think, is where you see a lot of goalies really take that big step. And um, he's, I think, right on that brink where he's going to really assert himself as one of the most dominant goalies in this league, I think. You know, he's real, real mature, uh, very, very good head on his shoulders, uh, you know, which, you know, I think he has a very good sense of his game already at only 22 years old. So uh, I think um, you got to be really encouraged if you're the Anaheim Ducks with what he's seen in terms of his growth. Uh, and I think this year's obviously it's every year's big, but this is a year where you're really waiting for him now to let's see him go from, from, from being a, a a strong goaltender to being a dominant one. I think he's right there. And just, uh, you said just 22 years of, uh, of age, which is, is young for in a, in a goaltender's development. Sure. Uh, but he, he's had a ton of experience. Um, some international experience. We saw him in the world juniors. We saw him in the world championships. Um, and, and yes, he does play a, a mature game and, and you know, that, that spot in, in Anaheim is, well, it, it's within reach. Anaheim, a, a rebuilding team. They're at the bottom of the standings in, in the NHL. Um, you know, John Gibson, Anthony Stolarz are, are, are Anthony Stolarz familiar with 
uh, with uh, Lehigh Valley fans. And, and um, so, you know, this, this could be the season that um, he really dominates in the AHL and then takes that next step. And a real interesting, I mean, just, he, you know, he played, he was 18, he played in the Finnish league. Um, yeah. And got parts of three seasons in that league, a high-level league. And, and, and obviously, it's a country known for tur- turning out very good goaltenders. Mm-hmm. And so he had an opportunity to try and train in that system. So I think that was that was a real good move on his part to get into there. And um, even before he got to, to San Diego and Anaheim. So um, he, I think he's well ahead, like you said, from what a typical 22-year-old goalie would, would normally be at. So I think it's very encouraging for him. So speaking of young goaltenders doing remarkable things this week, um, 19-year-old Iowa Wild netminder Jesper Wallstad, did everyone just, did you know, did everyone's phones just start beeping and flashing when there was the official goalie goal alert that went out on Saturday night? Um, and, and to top it even off, and see, Rick, this is, this is like your segment. It's all about the goaltenders today. Um <laughs> To top it all off, it was a shorthanded goal, wasn't it, Patrick? Yes. A shorthanded goalie goal? Yes. That's pretty incredible. Yes, it was. And a little uh, interesting note, it was two days before he turned 20. <laughs> so a little bit of an early uh, birthday present, uh, which is... I'm trying to just get my head around a 19-year-old trying to play at the American Hockey League level uh, as a goaltender. It's remarkable. First round pick by Minnesota, though. Uh, and uh, yeah, talk yeah, about really high prospects. Night. 37 yeah. saves that night as well. You know, so kind of uh, <laughs> kind of packed a lot into one night. <laughs> so it was his first um, AHL win, correct? First win, uh, 37 saves and a shorthanded goal <laughs> to boot. A kind of kind of set on a like an ideal situation for him the team's up to the you know a shot from the blue line or thereabouts a, a glove save no one coming at him he gets to put it down and rifle it the the length of the ice so um he, he still had to execute he still had to thread the needle to get it all the way down mm-hmm. the ice uh, but uh it, it was it was the perfect situation for him it's very fun. And we all love a goalie goal. I, I don't know. You know, it's it's so funny. I mean, everyone loves goalie fights. <laughs> and we all love goalie goals. It's, it's you know, we want the goalies to do all of the things, not just be minding the net. So uh, very, very exciting. Congratulations to him for that. Uh, it's It was quite a, quite a birthday weekend, I would imagine. Um, last but not least, particularly... In honor of Rick being here, and usually his favorite segment on the press zone is Where Are They Now? Mm -hmm. So we needed to bring back a blast from the past for this week. Uh, None other than Alex Galchenyuk popping up on an AHL roster. Say what? (laughs) Yes, the Colorado Eagles signing Alex Galchenyuk to a PTO. Um, I'm going to talk to both of you about this. Patrick, let's start with you on this and and just talk a bit about like what were the things that had to fall into place that Colorado was looking, uh, looking to fill some holes and, and settle on former NHL or Alex Galchenyuk as a PTO signing. 
Yeah, so he was in training camp with the Avs. Um, got hurt, didn't pan out. Um, and from there, I'm not totally clear on where where he was, uh, whether he was looking for other opportunities, and then was able to kind of circle back to Colorado. You know, but the Eagles and the, and the Avs, by extension, have it's been kind of a, a merry-go-round of uh, players going up and down. Um, really, in the first month or so, I mean. I swear I see Jason Magna's name on the transactions page every day, it feels like. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's just kind of remarkable. I mean, he's doing the, the up and down, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, Martin uh, Martin Kaut has been up and down. Uh, Sampo Rant has been up and down. Um, just it's been kind of nonstop there for that team. Uh, um, Mikhail Maltsev, another one. Uh, so, I think they just want a little bit of uh, extra depth there, and they certainly, <laughs> I think they found it. Um, we, we saw Galchenyuk in the AHL briefly two years ago during the pandemic season with Toronto, and he was fantastic, as you would expect. Um, yeah, I think it's always an adjustment, though, for players that have predominantly been an NHL player to come down to this league, because it can be a lot more scrambly and disorganized, uh, depending on what word you want to use. And I think sometimes those, those those high-end NHL players that, you know, he won, once was at least, um, they struggle with that. So, uh, but uh, he got into a, a pair of games this weekend. Uh, I saw a little bit of him, I think it was that Saturday game. He looked, he looked good. I mean, all things considered, uh, he hasn't played since last season. But uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see where this can go. I don't know kind of what their long-term plan is there, whether this is just a, Let's see how this works, or is this going to build into something more? But uh, so far, so good for him. Well, good for him, and and uh, you know he had a, a rough ride. His his development was mishandled in in Montreal, and a rough ride towards mm-hmm. the end of his uh, time there, um, and and has has bounced around a bit. But um, yeah, that, you know the skill is. He hasn't lost the skill, and um, in in his short AHL career. Uh, between um, the Marlies and now Colorado, uh, better than a point of game player, and and listen, if if uh, the Avs need somebody who's, if they need some cheap skill, um, uh, you know he'll he'll uh, it'll be a reasonable um, uh, contract, and and uh, he'll be able to contribute there, perhaps, uh, or maybe there's a, a more long term plan. But uh, n- nice to see him uh, still involved and playing and engaged and and uh and having some early success absolutely and it's always fun to check in on those former montreal canadians names uh they seem to pop up an awful lot um i want to say thank you to both of you for being here today this was a very fun segment thanks for having us very fun thank you um and i think uh i think i it's gonna be a bit of a nail biter to see how laval <laughs> Traverses the path forward um, with uh, four games coming up at home, two against Abbotsford, two against the Cleveland Monsters. Um, I, I think, uh, I think Patrick, you said it uh, at so- that at some point something's got to give, uh, and and we're going to see, I think, uh, what what that something is going to be. Um, but they certainly can't continue the way they have been. So I appreciate uh, all of the insight from both of you. Really tremendous, and uh, I can't wait to have you both back on the show uh, very soon. And 
another episode of the AHL Hot Stove in the books back again next Tuesday. Thanks to both of you for being here. It was great. Thank you. Thank you. That was such a chock-full, jam-packed segment of the AHL Hot Stove Boy. Just so much good information, knowledge, insight, uh, analysis, uh, which just, uh, it was a terrific segment. And uh, boy, just love that we get to do the AHL Hot Stove each and every week. It's just full of so much great information. Um, Once again, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already. We don't want you to miss a single episode every Tuesday. Also, if you uh, are new to our network and have not yet subscribed to our Montreal Canadiens slash NHL centered podcast called the Canadians Connection, and that is hosted by Rick Stevens as well as Michael Spinella, then be sure to do that as well. That comes out every Saturday. Um, so great pregame Saturday night hockey listening. Be sure you subscribe to that podcast over at canadiansconnection.fm. And perhaps you like to watch uh, YouTube shows. Perhaps you like to listen and watch YouTube shows talking about the Canadians and the Laval Rocket. And boy, I have just the channel for you. Uh, head over to our YouTube channel. That's at youtube.com slash allhabs, or we now have a handle. Uh, you can just search on YouTube for at allhabs, and you'll go right to the All Habs Hockey Magazine YouTube page there. I host a weekly show called Habs Hockey Report. It comes out every Thursday, and uh, I give you all the latest on the Montreal Canadiens, the Laval Rocket, and we do a lot of fan interaction on that show as well. It's a lot, it's a lot of fun ton of fun, tons of new, hundreds, literally hundreds of new subscribers in the last few months. Um, it's been, uh, it's been quite, uh, exhilarating to, uh, to start that show. It started about six months ago and, uh, we're just having a great time over there. So be sure you subscribe and hit the notification bell at youtube.com slash all habs. And Hey, we're going to have a, we're going to, we're going to put positive energy out there into the universe, everyone. And, uh, we're going to hope that some of those good vibes coming from the Montreal Canadians, uh, lately are going to trickle down to Laval and we're going to have some, some really fun things to talk about next week on the show. So enjoy this week's hockey, stay warm, bundle up if it's starting to get cold in your area of the world. And, uh, I'll meet you back here next Tuesday for another great episode of the Press Home Podcast right here on Rocket Sports radio click subscribe to never miss an episode of the press zone on rocket sports radio visit ahlreport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects